0: Look there in the Bible to the book of John chapter 3, the gospel of John in chapter 3. John chapter 3. And you'll notice here in verse 22. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea. There he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Anon near to Salem, because there was much water there. But because we just sprinkled, we only needed a bucket. It didn't say that, did it? And they came and were baptized. So John was baptizing. Now look there in chapter 4. Look in verse 1. Now, therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. So if you had to be baptized in order to be saved, then Jesus didn't save anybody. Because he didn't baptize anybody. His disciples saved him because they baptized him. So evidently, maybe, maybe being baptized has nothing to do with being saved. It doesn't save you. So there's another reason for being baptized, and that is the truth. Definitely, there is something else that it means. Water baptism doesn't get you to heaven, doesn't wash away your sins, so it doesn't save you in any way. Whether you're a little infant baby and somebody wants to baptize you or sprinkle you or whatever it is, water baptism cannot save anybody or preserve anybody Confirm anybody. It had nothing to do with it. So did Jesus save anybody? Of course. He's the only Savior there is. We're saved because of him. But water baptism has nothing to do with saving you. It is a picture of your salvation. It's not for your salvation. Me and Betty got married. We hate to say it, but we didn't even have a picture when we got married. 25 years later we had another mock wedding and we had pictures galore i was dressed in a tuxedo oh i looked sharp she had on a white dress and she came walking down the aisle my daughter did this for us for a surprise but it would be surprised and i picked her up and i carried her out and you know they threw the rice we used to have so many weddings out there we had to go to minute rice So you have people taking pictures and it was a picture of the witness. But none of those pictures saved us or married us. It was just a picture of our. That's what water baptism is. So understand this. When you believe that Jesus died and paid for your sins. Was buried and rose again. Then you're supposed to be baptized because of what you believe. Christ. Died for me. Water baptism is a picture of your death, your burial, and your resurrection. So you do that for a good conscience. Why? Because your heavenly Father wants you to do it. It was a command, the last command ever given in the Bible by Jesus Christ before he left. When he says in Matthew 28, go into all nations and teach all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So is it the will of God that we be water baptized? Well, yes, it is. That command has never been rescinded. It's still there. Go into all the world. Well, if you don't have to be baptized, then you don't have to go into all the world either. Preach the gospel. You don't have to do that either. So if we're going to pick and choose, let's just don't do anything. But if you're going to do it, do all of it. And that's why it is God's will that His children are water baptized, not to be saved, but because they are saved. It's a picture of what you believe. It's your way of saying, I believe Christ did this for me. And you're supposed to really understand it. Because today, see, most people don't have a clue what the gospel is, what it's about. You see, Christ was alive. But He took our sins and died was buried, came back from the dead. For me, Christ died for me. So therefore, when I believed that, his death, his burial, and resurrection was put to my account as though I did it. So when I am baptized, I am recognizing the fact I was once alive. I died. I paid for my sins. I was buried. Came back again from the dead. I didn't really do it. Christ did it for me. And he says, Now, if you believe that I did that for you, being baptized is your way of really having a good, clear conscience. I understand what he did. Because you have a lot of people, they have no clue. They get water baptized, they have a clue why they did it. They think it helped save them. Or they hear about the gospel and they hear the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and they haven't got a clue where they're going when they die. They're, they're words without meaning. Now, those are acts without meaning. And what it boils down to, it doesn't mean anything. So God wants us to know and to understand. So take your Bible and look in the book of Acts. Acts in chapter 2. If in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, if it really does mean to turn from your sins and to be water baptized in order to be saved and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, it contradicts all the other verses that says you don't have to do that. Is there a verse in the Bible that simply says something along the lines of, um, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves? It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, if that verse is in the Bible, and this verse means that you've got to turn from your sins and you've got to be water baptized, it contradicts Ephesians 2 8 and 9, and John 3 16 and John 6 47. And a whole host of other scriptures. So evidently, Acts 238 doesn't necessarily mean what people like to say it means. Now look at it. And then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. Now, if you took the word baptize, you'd understand that baptize is not a translation, it's a transliteration. And it comes from the word baptismo and baptismos. And they're two different words. To clean, to wash, to whelm. In the book of Mark, it explains that and shows you that the same word is used to wash pots and pans in the book of Mark. And it was for the purpose of cleansing. So he said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what cleans you. Water doesn't clean you. So if you took the meaning of the word, you're all right. But you know, most people see the word baptized, that means you've got to be baptized in water. No, there's a lot of different baptisms in the scripture. And they're baptism of fire. You want that one? You can have it. The baptism of fire. I heard people say, I want to get the baptism of fire. It means hell. That's hell fire. It's not talking about you and I. We ought to desire that. But anyway, there's different ones, and that's a, another sermon at a, another time. But what I want you to know is this. You see, they didn't believe that when Jesus came, he was who he claimed to be. And yet, it was, it's scripture said he was delivered by the determinant counsel of God. See there in chapter two, look there in verse uh, 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you by signs and miracles. Which did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. This is what you did. That man that you just crucified, put on the cross, God showed that he was the one by all the miracles and so forth that he did. And you have by wicked hands have taken and slain him. And then he says, their hearts were pricked. What shall we do? And so there in verse 36, Know therefore assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said, Peter and John, to the rest of the apostles, Men of it, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent, change your mind about who he was. He was the Lord. He is God in the flesh. He was the Messiah that was to come. And explaining to him the purpose of him coming, the purpose of him dying... And it says, and repent, change your mind, think differently, reconsider, and see that he is who he claimed to be. And be cleansed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And as you go through the book of Acts, you'll say that this man was healed in his name and had had power in his name. And he was saved in his name. And he is cleansed in his name. So when I believed on Jesus Christ 52 years ago in a little old living room, I was clean, made white as snow. From all the sins I've ever done or ever will do. All because I believed in Jesus Christ. I trusted him as my savior. And I was able to receive that very moment. The gift of the Holy Spirit. You see have you ever spoke in tongues. I've been speaking with the only one that I've got for 52 years. And I don't know what I'd do if I could speak in all the other languages. But I wouldn't mind it. But no I've never had the gift of so called The fire stuff they want to talk about? No, I've never done that. I have no desire for it. I don't believe it's of God. Nobody has ever spoke in some gibberish like that. That's not what this is. This is a literal language that people were able to speak. A known language, not unknown. So no, I don't believe all that. I believe that when you trust Christ as your Savior, God gives you the Holy Spirit and you're baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ once and for all. It never happens again. That's why there's no commands in scriptures to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Being baptized by the Holy Spirit is something that Christ does. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit as John the Baptist says. So he's the one that takes me and by the Holy Spirit places me in Christ. Done deal. Now, as a child of God, there's commands to be filled with the Spirit. So as I walk with the Lord, I should be controlled by the Holy Spirit in my life. And some days you'll be controlled, and some days you won't be controlled. Because you've got an old sinful nature, and sometimes He controls you. So the Scriptures are here, and the Scriptures are clear. Look here in Matthew, and now we won't go there because of this time. But... Um, the book of Acts in chapter 8. Let's just look at that one right quick. The book of Acts in chapter 8. This is a story that you're very familiar with, I'm sure. So the question is, is why, why be baptized? So here in Acts in chapter 8, if you'll look down there in verse 30, 36, Philip was preaching to this guy that's riding along there in the desert in uh, He was a head honcho from Ethiopia, and he had great position, probably great power, and he uh, was reading the book of Isaiah. And here comes Philip, after about a hundred-mile trek, runs up to him and says, uh, understandeth what thou readest? And he says, how can I unless some man guide me? So he explained to him the scriptures, and man says, "Um, who is he talking about? Himself or somebody else. And he preached unto him Jesus. Took Isaiah 53 and explained to him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says this in verse 36. And as they went on their way, there came unto certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? There's something that will keep you from being baptized or having the right to be baptized. what are you going to do? He says in verse 37, Philip said, if thou believeth with all thine heart, this is why you can't baptize babies. Babies don't believe. And it gives them a false sense of security because they think, well, I've been baptized. No, baptism is only for those who believe with all their heart that what Christ did on the cross was for them. Now, children can, Learn that knowledge, and when they get old enough, baptism is always after you're saved, never before you're saved. I've had people that say, well, I'm trying to trust Christ as my Savior, but I was baptized as a kid. If you just got saved, you've never been baptized. You can only get baptized once because you can only get saved once. Now, you might have been under the water, and it may be a symbol. It might have been done with sincerity. It's just there's nothing to it. It wasn't real. It didn't have true meaning. You see, it represents what you believe. And that means if you believe something, you have to understand it. If you don't understand it, how do you know what you've done? You go through the motions. Just like there's people who go to church and they think going to church is going to get them to heaven. Or giving money, that's going to help get you to heaven. It has nothing to do with going to heaven. You don't have to give anything in the offering plate. You can even take some out if you want to. It's for the heathen anyway. No, no, we don't. (laughs) But you see, giving money and doing all these things will not save a person. So he says there in verse 37, Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and he said this, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's talking about the one that was in Isaiah 53 that was taken and crucified that was buried, and that rose again, and he knew that was Jesus Christ. And he knew what it was talking about. He understood that, and that's why he says, what hinders me to be baptized? Because, see, baptism has to be for a reason. It's an understanding. I was baptized after I was saved. Some people, they don't get baptized for six months later. Some don't do it for four or five years. Some people never get baptized. But, see, it gives you a clean conscience. I did what he said do. If Jesus Christ walked into this room and says, this is what I want you to do, would you argue with him? I don't think it's that important. Jesus, I don't think I need to do that. One day you will face the Lord. You're going to face him. Did you do what you should have done? It should mean something to a person. Now, as you go through these things, it's very simple, very clear. But I want to give you one more very quickly. Look there in the book of 1 Peter in chapter 3. 1 Peter in chapter 3. You ever heard of Noah? Well, of course you have. You heard about the ark? Oh, of course you've heard about Noah and the ark. Everybody's heard of Noah and the ark. But did you know that Noah and the ark and all has a picture of salvation? Well, everybody knows that the world was wicked And God was going to destroy it by a flood. So he told Noah, build an ark. And those that got inside the ark were safe. And then the trouble came. The flood came. And then after so long, they came out of the ark. You see, there was life. And then there's death. And then there's like a resurrection. And those that were in the ark were safe. So the world died they're in the ark of safety. And then it's like new life. He started over again. So there's the death, burial, and resurrection. It's a picture. Now look there in 1 Peter chapter 3. In verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. Only one time. He doesn't do it twice. He'd only done it once. Why did He do it? He was the just For the unjust. We're unjust. That means we're not justified. We're all condemned. We've all sinned. He had never sinned. He wasn't. So it says he suffered for us. The just for the unjust. Now get this. Why did he do it? That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. He was put to death. And the next part. Quickened by the resurrection. Quickened by the spirit. If you look down there, you'll also see this word, the last few words in verse 21, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you have here the death, the burial, and the resurrection. But there's also a type that was given in the Old Testament, and if you look there in verse 19, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedience when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water or saved through the water because the water destroyed everybody else. And these that were in the ark were saved. So Jesus is our ark of safety. And so when we trusted Christ as our Savior, we were like put into the ark. We were placed in Christ. We're in the ark. And we're in the ark because it's a type of our death burial and our resurrection. Now, because we have been placed in the ark, we are to have a newness of life. So, you and I are supposed to live like we have already died and been given a new life, a new chance, a new hope. And it's totally new, it's totally different. And he says in verse 21 the light figure, whereunto even baptism doth now save us. And then the last part, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now get what he has in parentheses here. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. Not talking about you putting away the filth of the flesh. Cleaning up your life. Baptism doesn't do that. This is so you have a good conscience between you and the Lord. So that somebody says, why did you do that? Why did you get baptized? There should be an answer. And if you look up there in verse 15 where he says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you in meekness and fear. In verse 16, having a good conscience. Having a good conscience. And if you look down in verse 21 where he talks about but the answer of a good conscience toward God. There's reasons why we do what we do. God has given us illustrations And this is a picture of one of the greatest things in the world. I believe Christ died and was buried and he rose again for me. So when I stand in the water, it's like a picture of Christ on the cross. When I'm buried, I'm going under the water. And when I come back, that's a picture of my resurrection. To now walk in newness of life. So that has a meaning to it. My baptism is the picture of the most important, precious thing that ever happened to me in my life. And I don't belittle it. That's why I believe it's a good thing to do. I have a clear conscience. Why? Because I only had to do it one time. But I did it. Probably some of you have already trusted Christ as your Savior years ago. But have you ever been baptized? You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. But it will give you a clean conscience. You say it didn't bother me until today. But it could give you a clean conscience that you did what God says to. It's a testimony to others of why you did it. What do you believe? So I believe that, but I don't have to do that. No, and you don't have to go to church. You don't have to read the Bible, and you don't have to support missions, and you don't have to live godly either. But should you? It's your decision. See, why are you preaching this? Because we're going to have a baptismal service coming up soon. And if you have not been baptized and you need to be, I want you to see Dr. Paulson and we'll give a date down the road. And he'll do it on a Saturday. And I've never lost anybody yet. But see, the reason that's so important is because there's only two things that God has given to the church as ordinances of the church. One is the baptism and the other one is the Lord's Supper. See, the Lord's Supper deals with something totally different. You see, the one, yes, the death, burial, and the resurrection, but this is called the communion. This is communion. It means our getting along with our Father. This is more about our fellowship with the Lord. Me and Him and nothing between. So when we talk about the communion service, we're talking about See, there would have been no death, no burial, no resurrection if there hadn't have been a body. And that's why his body, he was born of a virgin. See, all of this is important. Because you see, without being virgin born, he wouldn't have had a perfect body. He'd have had a body with a sinful nature. And he had no sinful nature. He was, seed was planted by the Holy Spirit. And then his blood was precious blood. And his blood had to be shed for the sins of the world. And we're supposed to look back to what he did and till he comes again and realizing that we're supposed to examine our life. This is for the fellowship that we should have with our Father. But you see, baptism is one. That's one time you do that. The death, burial, and resurrection. He only did it one time. But he says, I want you to For communion with me. As often as you do. As often. This we can do often. The baptism one time. But this is different. This is a time for you to examine your own life and say, Lord, I'm your child. I believe you died for me. Paid for my sins. And I realize what you did was for me. And I want to live as somebody that has come back from the dead. I want to walk in newness of life. And if there's something in your life that's not right, things that you know you're doing and your father knows you're doing, you're not going to have a good conscience, a clean conscience. You're going to have a defiled conscience. And a conscience is going to bring you great trouble and rob you of your peace. It'll rob you of your joy when you know you're not doing what your heavenly father wants you to do. So for good conscience sake, confess your sin to the Lord and, yes, forsake it and live godly and god says if you will examine yourself and judge yourself he won't have to but if you don't your heavenly father will i hope you understand that look up here very quickly this is you and me this is sin we all have sin on us god loves us hates our sin and the bible says for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from god in hell but he loves us and wants us to go to heaven and to go to heaven we have to be perfect none of us are So the Bible says that we cannot save ourselves by anything that we do. Going to church, giving money, being baptized, all those things. They may be good, but they can't save you. This end represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. A body has thou prepared him. He had no sin. So he was willing to give his life. And to give his life, he gave his blood. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. So he shed every drop of blood to pay for our sins so that we could have everlasting life and go to heaven. And he said all that we had to do is believe he did it for us. And he would give us that free gift. And we could know that we're going to heaven. So now, I want you to have a good conscience about why you do what you do. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, and you say, that made sense to me. I want to be certain of going to heaven. I've been trusting my baptism to get me to heaven or my good deeds, and I realize that I can't save myself. I believe Christ died and paid for my sins, and I will trust Him as my only hope of going to heaven. And preach, I'd like for you to know it, and I'd like for you to pray for me. And I'd like to have prayer for you. So it hit by a nice clothes. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you forward, but right where you're sitting. So that made sense to me, and I'll trust Christ as my Savior. And I'd like for you to pray for me. Anyone at all before we close. Just slip a hand up very quickly and put it right back down. No one at all. If you have never trusted Christ, you need to trust Him and Him alone, no one else. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We're thankful for the body of Christ because He came into this world and took upon a body and, and bore our sins upon the cross. We thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen.